Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. <laughs> Lil, Lil Barron. How are you? I'm doing good. good. I'm doing good. good. Hey, so for the past several weeks, yes. we've been talking about some of our 35 different sports, kind of highlighting each one as yes. we go along. I wanted to do that again today. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about bowling. Bowling. Yes. yes. Now, now you're a bowler. I, well, <laughs> I have a ball and I throw it down a lane. Let's well, just so say. So <laughs> you're a bowler then. You're, you're a bowler. I, yes. I know that you bowl in one of our local leagues. I do. And uh, it's fun. It is fun. Bowling's a fun sport. I, I, you I have don't to know. play three games. That's yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh so, well, so I did know that, but I'm I I don't play three games. Um, but to me, I, I don't know what it is, but there's just something incredibly satisfying about rolling a big heavy ball down a smooth <laughs> runway and just knocking things over. I know, right? It's it fun, is. right? It is. But I'll also say there's something very frustrating about missing everything completely, <laughs> <I> right? <laughs> Which uh, you've been maybe, watching maybe me you have it. Oh, yeah, no. Maybe you don't bowl that way, but that's how oh. I do. I, I'll get all 10 of them and then I'll get none of them for the next four times. But uh, anyway, yeah. lots of fun. We so could bowl together. We, we would be perfect that. partners, we, right? Yes. <laughs> we would balance, yes. balance each other right to the bottom of right. the barrel. So. <laughs> anyway, a couple of things about bowling. According to our good friends at Wikipedia, this okay. is interesting. The earliest known forms of bowling date back to ancient Egypt. Did you know that? No. Yeah, see, I didn't either. That's what Wikipedia says. Yeah. And I know they would never oh, no, steer us, never steer us astray. <laughs> but they've actually found wall drawings depicting bowling that were found in a royal Egyptian tomb that dated to 5200 BC. Wow. 5200 BC. So wow. 7,000 7, years old is this sport. Yeah. In addition to the drawings on the wall, they also found a miniature pins and balls in an Egyptian child's grave that also dated to about 5200 BC. So they were playing it way back then. Um, it's it's which is fascinating to me. Like that's a that's a that's an old sport, old but that's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, a perfect game in bowling, as you know, is one where you knock down every single pin mm -hmm. in a ten frame game, and the score is. 300. 300. That's it? right. I was it like is. Going, I think it's 300. I don't know. <laughs> totally put you on the spot there. But you did. I've yes. never had one. Yeah. Well, I have not either. I haven't either. But uh, 300 is a perfect score. According to bowl.com, which is the official site of the United States Bowling Congress, uh -huh. Andrew Newer of Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, has the most perfect game wow. spanning his entire career. Guess how many he's, he's knocked down or how many games he's had? I have no idea. Just a guess. 52. 200. Oh, oh my goodness. And 52. Oh my goodness. 252 perfect games. Wow. That's I, amazing. That is amazing. And it's more amazing that I picked 52. 52, right. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but 252. That's that's incredible. That is incredible. Um, for the women, the most perfect games is Shannon Plowowski of Dayton, Ohio. And she has rolled 66, which wow. is an incredible feat. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's amazing. The, the games added bowling to its list of sports in 1988. So oh. the second year mm -hmm. that we had the game started in 1987, 88, we added bowling. 
building. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been going really strong ever since. It's a it's really kind of a special thing to roll a perfect game yeah. in bowling. It doesn't happen all the time. No. I think I think we can both attest to that. <laughs> yes, but it, it actually has happened multiple times at the games. Oh. In fact, uh, one of our local bowlers, Rick Lesko, he lives right here in St. George, Utah, has done it twice wow. during the games. Not not in the same games, right? But he's done it twice, and uh, there are others that have also bowled perfect games. So wow. for the past several years, we have watched bowling grow mm-hmm. here at the games. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's one of the sports that reaches its participation cap the fastest. Yeah, as you know, we open registration on March first of every year, and within just a few weeks, we tend to fill up bowling. So we're limited by the number of lanes yes. that we have available and the number of hours in a day. That's yeah. just the way the math works, right? <laughs> this year, unfortunately, we had to kind of cut our numbers into about half due to some significant uncertainty. Right. So let's say that of one of yeah. our bowling houses. The, the building itself is for sale and not knowing if we're going to be able to use those lanes, we have had to proceed with mm-hmm. only one house, one of the two that we normally have. Yeah. So we'll be using Dixie Bolts right downtown in uh, St. George for all of our bowling this year. And we're going to keep our eyes on how things develop in the future with uh, yeah. that other location, or if there is a new one coming on online, which is right. one of the rumors as well. So uh, there you go. A little yeah. bit about bowling. Yeah. Did you did you know it's almost 7,000 years old? I did not. Yeah, that's, that's I, did I don't not. know. To me, that's really cool. That is Pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Are you going to bowl in the games this year? Uh, no. I, I was not one of, one of the lucky ones to get in. <laughs> oh, you, you don't but know anybody it, at the games it, that could have pulled some strings? I, or, I wasn't no, going to no, ask. No, no, I would no. never do that. No, we, that's not how we do it. First, first come, first serve. That's so, right. Um, today, we're excited. But I have a great handicap. They would love me on their team. <laughs> <laughs> well... See. I feel like we could bowl together, you and I. I think we could yes, bowl together. Yes, we could. We'd, anyway, uh, we'd just be laughing the whole I time. I know. <laughs> You've got a great handicap, huh? Yeah. Today, we're excited to welcome back to the show Ryan Otterson. Yes. Ryan grew up right here in St. George, Utah and graduated from Snow Canyon High School, which Ooh. incidentally, just an aside, not that it's important, but that's where my kids graduated from high school. So. Awesome. Um, have some uh, connection to the Warriors over there at Snow Canyon. Mine did not. <laughs> yeah, you, Dixie, right? Dixie. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Ryan is currently an exercise physiologist at Intermountains Livewell Center and has recently made the clinical supervisor of the team over there. Uh, he graduated with a bachelor's in exercise science from Utah Valley University and more recently earned a master's degree in sports performance and conditioning from Southern Utah University. Ryan is married, has two little girls and a new baby oh, on the way. Very nice. So when's the due date? Uh, we're thinking February 11th at the okay. moment. So wow. You got a few months to get ready. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Thank you. So we got to ask, do you bowl, Ryan? Is that, is that, no, I'm terrible. I've actually, (laughs) while you were talking, I thought, man, I need to find like a coach or something. (laughs) You know, I don't uh, ask me. Yeah. Don't ask me either. I, I think I've broke a hundred, maybe once or twice, maybe once. I'm awful. I'm so bad. I love to do the bumper bowling. Uh, Well, me too, but they won't let me in the league. I know that they don't let you, but, um, yeah, like like I can roll it down the middle once in a while, but just as often I can roll it right into the side. And have you seen mm-hmm. them how they roll a ball and it curves? Yes, I can. Yeah, I want to learn that. Yeah, yeah. I want to learn that. That'd be awesome. That yeah. is that is not I my have thing, no clue but. how to do that. 
Well, so bowling aside, I think we can, we've all confirmed that that's not our sport <laughs> that's right. of, uh, of expertise, at right. least. Maybe it's a right. fun, fun game to play and a fun sport to do, but not our expertise. Today, Ryan, we're going to talk a little bit about this buzzword, this phrase that you hear out there of functional training. Yeah. So let's jump into that. What, what do we mean when we say functional training? Well, that's that's the thing. I don't I don't think anyone really does know what they mean <laughs> when they say functional training. Uh, most people, when they hear the term, I mean, even yourselves, if you hear the term, what what kind of things come to mind? What kind of exercises? Anything in particular? So um, it's funny you ask because I do have an impression of in my mind of what I think is functional training, and it's usually like kind of specific, somewhat controlled movements. Yeah. Um. I I I um. I'm kind of a, a, I kind of follow wrestling Mm -hmm. and there is a wrestler who has made the Olympic team. He's going to represent the United States. His name is Kyle Dake. Oh yeah. This is a great example. Yeah. He he is so into this concept of functional training and I've watched his workouts and the different Mm -hmm. things that he does. And it looks fascinating. Um, I, I, I definitely definitely don't feel coordinated to do some of the things that I have watched him do. Um, but I don't know. Is is that what is that what you'd consider functional training? Yeah, I, I'm a specialized thing that that uh, some you know some crazy right. athletes are doing. I I like that you brought up the example of Kyle Dake, and not to take anything away from him, amazing athlete. Yeah. Um, I wrestled in high school, so I I know just how much it takes to get to that level. At least you know miles beyond anything I could have ever done. Sure. But. I, I do disagree with the way he's training. <laughs> um, as far as functional training goes, I think what, what pops into people's minds is the use of highly specific tools, uh, very different from the standard type exercises, maybe, you know, the bodybuilding type exercises that you would see in a typical gym. And the movements are usually very complex, very um, uh combined movements, you know, where yeah. they're trying to sometimes mimic somehow the, the sporting movement in order to get better at a very particular thing. And the idea is that the, you're increasing the functionality of the exercise. It's applying more to either your daily life or in the case of sports performance to the actual movement of the sport that you're doing. So that's, that's I think, the concept of yeah. functional which, training. Which makes sense for, as a mm-hmm. concept, right? But yeah. you're saying that maybe that's not always the best way to go, at least in right. what you're uh, so, so the thing about sports training, um, you've heard the term specificity of training. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's so important when you're talking about getting better at a sport. So let's take bowling, for instance, since we already mentioned it. You know, there's a certain pose you hit, a certain technique you use when you're bowling. And the functional training crowd might say, okay, let's, let's stop doing, uh, you know, squats and, and deadlifts and all these exercises that get you stronger. Let's do an exercise where I'm just making up one, but maybe you have some sort of elastic cord attached to your hand and you step onto a bosu as you try and mimic the, uh, the bowling swing, you know, with the idea of your you're increasing your stability, increasing the, the force of your swinging arm in the motion of a bowling swing. But the problem with that is you're, it's not actually specific. So the only thing that's specific to what you're doing is the thing that you're doing. And um, you can't get better at a bowling swing by trying to mimic the bowling swing with a dumbbell or an elastic cord. Um, they've done studies on this. I wish I should have brought the research with me, but, you know, weighted sprinting is an example of trying to be more functional with a sprint, yeah. but 
if the load is over 10% of your body weight, the mechanics change so greatly that it's not even resembling anything you'd do in a sprint. Same with a weighted baseball swing. Yeah, the idea would be you swing a heavy bat and you'd get a stronger swing. Well, same thing happens. That, that bat gets any more than two pounds and now your mechanics are different. The forces acting are different. The speed of the movement is different. Everything is different. And so what my um, contention with functional training is that it's not actually very functional. You're, you're doing something, <laughs> but you're not improving the qualities of strength training that you're trying to improve. So they'll combine all these things. You're combining um, your balance with your flexibility along with your proprioception, all these different things in one movement. And um, you end up being a, uh, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So you're not improving any one of those things, you know? So if you want to improve your strength, which I think most uh, weight training is is built around, then you should do the basic movements to improve your muscle and joint integrity. And then you practice your sport. And lo and behold, that's the formula for most strength and conditioning programs that are successful, for instance, at a professional level or a collegiate level. You do basic movements in the gym, get stronger with a, a good range of motion. And the next thing you know, your performance in your sport has improved. That's interesting. It's a little counterintuitive, isn't it? Because the, the logic or the idea behind this functional training concept seems sound. And when you say it out right. loud, it seems like it makes sense. But, you know, you, you really, um, I think you nailed it, at least for me, in <clears throat> that you're, you're trying to enhance these movements by adding weight or difficulty or whatever it is, but then it just fundamentally changes what you're doing. So you're no longer right. doing the thing that you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did, well, that, did that yeah, make any sense? It, well, it does make a lot of sense. I, <laughs> now that you say that. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you say the basic movements, let's just, for, let's just review those for us. What, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah. The basic movements that I've always used, and I, I think a lot of really good trainers would use would be broken down into about five or six fundamental movement patterns. So the squat being one, a hip hinge type movement, which you'd find in something like a deadlift or a kettlebell swing, something like that. Um, then you move into the upper body. So you'd have an upper body pushing exercise, exercise and an upper body pulling exercise. And those could be broken down into uh, movement planes as well. So it could be a, a vertical type push and a horizontal type push with shoulder press and bench press being examples of both of those respectively. Mm -hmm. And then same thing for the pulling movements upper body. You'd have a vertical type pulling movement and a horizontal type pulling movement. And then you could argue for, you know, some sort of rotational uh, movement being the next one. So any, any type of, I mean, there's many planes you could kind of ro rotate in diagonally, horizontally, that type of thing. But you, most people would agree that there's some sort of horizontal uh, rotation component to most sporting activities. Whether so, it's throwing so, or swinging. So sometimes I see athletes um, in like Gatorade commercials and things like that, where you have a medicine ball and you're rotating yeah. back and forth. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So those are your basic functional movements, and and it sounds like what your your um, recommendation is is that that is going to cover all of your range of motion. That's going to increase your strength holistically across yeah. the board. And then when you want to get better at your specific sport, whether that's mm -hmm. bowling or racquetball or 
you know, softball, whatever it is, then you practice the sport itself. Yeah. It's mind blowing, right? <laughs> it's so uh, <laughs> what hard, a concept. hard to wrap your I head know, right? around. No, no, that makes yeah, a lot of it makes sense. makes a lot of sense. It really but, does. And yeah. I, I would say functional then becomes whatever it is that's lacking in your performance. Uh, what exercise do you use to improve that aspect? You know, it takes a trained eye, a coach, a good coach to find out what it is in your technique that truly is lacking, whether that is simply range of motion or overall strength or even strength of a specific muscle group, you know, then the the functional training would be what is it that improves that quality? Mm. It's so it's so interesting, just even over the last, I would I would say maybe 20, 25 years, it seems like. Uh, how much we have learned about the importance of strength training and resistance training within the world of sports, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, but within life in general as well. But but I remember, you know, as, as a young man hearing, you know, like Tiger Woods was lifting weights as a golfer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was so revolutionary at the time. Like nobody yeah. was doing that. That wasn't something that you did. You you went out and you golfed. That's how you got mm-hmm. better at golf. And all of a sudden here was this young guy with these new ideas coming along and he was doing strength training and different things like that. And and now I think it's fair to say that every professional golfer yeah, engaging sure. in some sort of, of strength training. And, and you see that across the board, you know, basketball, basketball players never used to lift weights, right. you know, 30, 40 mm-hmm. years ago, they, they just didn't. And now yeah, you change at the physique and, and the musculature on, you know, NBA players and college and high school players and whatnot. And it really feels like we've kind of turned this corner of understanding how much better we can be with more strength. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it, it feels like um, these, these, just these basic movements that we're doing, those are the things that, that that's, that, that's your argument that, that those are the things that we need to do, you know, right. to increase the overall strength. And then again, I'm not, I'm not saying stop practicing your sport right. at all that of course you got to practice your sport, but it is interesting. I want to talk a little bit now. We've talked about the sport aspect of things Let's yeah. talk a minute about just resistance training and functional training within our lives. Like are there yeah. there as well? Right. Um, well, I think you can parallel the sporting concept to even just the day-to-day aspect. So functional, what is, what are, what are movements people do? day to day, you know, I mean, you sit down and stand up quite mm-hmm. often, you climb stairs, you reach up to grab stuff and put stuff back, you know, very simple things, but each one of those movements has their basis in those, you know, six basic movements I mentioned, whether it's reaching up with a vertical push or sitting up from your chair using a squat pattern, picking something up from the ground using a hinge pattern. I mean, the patterns are there and that's why those movements exist and why they've been used for so long. They're the, the basics. You, you can't get away from the foundation of how you move. And, mm. and I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I, I will say though, and, and this is something I just, I run into fairly regularly um, people and, and I, and I don't know why, but usually women, I, right. I, I don't know why that is. And I, I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's just, that's where I usually get the questions. They're really hesitant to do resistance training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. am I wrong yeah. there? No, Lil? Like no. I, I'm not trying to be. Cause we don't want to build and look like bodybuilders. Right. I see, I hear that all the time. Yeah. I see that. that yeah. <laughs> and I know that. That's, yeah. 
it's quite annoying. I, I tell some of the, <laughs> I tell some of the women, um, when they, when they mentioned that, I said, well, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you end up looking buffer than I do from one week of training. I mean, I just think people don't understand how much work it really takes to become that muscular. And then the people you see in the movies and sports, I mean, realistically, probably a large percentage of them do use steroids. I mean, that's a different conversation. Right. But um, I think we have a ske- very skewed opinion or idea of what <laughs> what is actually achievable and, and what are the actual um, changes that would happen to a, a natural person just doing basic strength training. Yeah, what what the outcome will be, right? right. Exactly. I, I have a son who is into bodybuilding, oh, yeah. and he it looks phenomenal, and, mm-hmm. and you know, he's just like what you th- what you think of when you think right. of a bodybuilder. That's what he looks like. Yeah. And I, I can attest from having witnessed firsthand that that does not happen in a week. No. I mean, he has been after, yeah. this. He has been after this for years right. and years, years and years and years. And, um, you know, and he, and he still feels like he's got a long ways to go. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, that idea of, oh, I don't, I don't want to do resistance training because I don't want to look like that. Well, you probably won't look like that. That's not <laughs> yeah, an exactly. accident. That doesn't That's happen accidentally. <laughs> right. <laughs> that takes a lot of work. But, but all that aside, if you can get past that concept and that idea, there are some real significant benefits yeah. to resistance training. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about some of the, just the day-to-day, you know, I mean, obviously balance and, you know, being yeah. get up when you sit down, but what are some, what are some researched out benefits from resistance training that we know can be yeah, I mean, across the board? Without going too far into the physiological details, you know, of all the cellular changes and hormonal changes that could occur as a response to the training, but just the practical changes. So all those movements we mentioned that you do day to day are now easier to do. And and balance, I think if we're talking about older adults, I think balance is the one that would be most greatly improved by the simple use of strength training, especially for the lower body. So um, I think a large part of why people fall and get injured is because they just aren't strong enough to catch their balance or to keep their balance in the first place. And then, you know, along with that, a very simple physiological benefit besides the increased muscle strength would be the increased bone strength that occurs from strength training. And so now you've got a twofold protection against injury uh, as you get older. Well, three, if you start counting the connective tissue as well, it's now more resistant to strains and pulls, but um, your bone mass is increased. So if you did fall less likely chance of any significant damage, but in, in the first place, now that your muscles are stronger, a much less likely chance of falling altogether. Yeah. Um, and we could do a whole show on falling and fall prevention. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and some of the really scary statistics that are out there, cause it, it's a serious issue that um, it is. You know, maybe, maybe we need to, Maybe we need to do that sometime. Just yeah. focus on a falling show. Oh, I thought you were going to say for me to fall. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want no. that. Was how. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but great advice for sure, yes. Ryan. And uh, you know, if if there is that intimidation level or that misunderstanding of I don't want to end up looking like something that you know is not even realistic. <laughs> right. Right. Um, just get into the, just get into the, the the gym. Get a trainer. Do it. Do it the right way. You know, yes. we don't want anybody to get hurt. We don't right. want, don't want there to be injuries or anything like that, but uh, get in there and figure it out because the benefits definitely are there. 
to oh, yeah. some resistance training. So, well, excellent. Ryan, that's uh, uh, it's crazy, but that's all the time that we have to visit <laughs> with you. It's amazing how fast the time goes. Yeah, it went by quick. <laughs> but uh, but great information. Um, and again, really just yeah. focusing in on that, uh, the, the, the functional idea of those basic movements that really allow us to function in life and mm-hmm. live the kind of life that we want to live. So, love it. We'll have to have you back sometime. Yes, for yeah. sure. Love it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Okay, Lil. Yeah. Resistance training. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to pay him a hundred bucks to make me look like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel the same way. So, uh, just a couple of quick reminders to wrap us up here. Okay. Uh, I mentioned that registration is open. It is open. SeniorGames.net is where that can take place. Remember that you can save $20 by registering before August 1st, which is just right around the corner. And then also remember that registration does close on September 1st, which is also just right around the corner. Now, is that September 1st or is that August 31st? September 1st. Okay. Yeah. So it's the last day. September 1st is the last day of registration. So put that on your calendars. You can get all that information, schedules, rules, dates, uh, all the ability to register is at seniorgames.net. We have a bunch of other great content content there as well. It's also worth mentioning that you can now register to be a volunteer at the games and we need a ton of volunteers and we're so grateful for those that come out and help us, but it takes about 3000 volunteers to put the games together and we have opportunities in sports. So sports are your thing. There's tons of ways to help out there. If sports isn't your thing, there's a lot of other ways that you can still help us out and, um, you know, have a great experience and make the, uh, the games great for the athletes. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 530 PM, Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this uh, live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can find those podcasts anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find this and previous shows right again from our website, seniorgames.net. Check that out. Uh, Today's inspirational thought from the great poet Walt Whitman. And he says, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. Until next Thursday, stay active. 